thou art a ghost that hath come from the earth, or a phantom of night that hath no home, or one that lieth dead in the desert, or a ghost unburied, or a demon, or a ghoul, whatever thou be until thou art removed, thou shalt find here no water to drink, thou shalt not stretch forth thy hand to our own, into our house enter thou not, through our fence break through thou not. We are protected, though we may be frightened. Our life you may not steal, though we may be scared to death. Welcome to Scared to Death, Creeps, Peepers, Roberts, and Annabelles. Yes, welcome, everyone. I'm Dan. Hi, Dan. I'm Lindsay. Hello. I, Hello. I'd really fight the urge to do a weird voice to open up the show. I was gonna just be, do it. Welcome to Scared to Death, Creeps, Peepers, Roberts, and Annabelles. Just like, that, I imagine a new listener would be like, what the hell? I think that... It's it, a little affected. Uh, well, maybe. Or maybe it's mm. awesome. Maybe. Maybe you should do it for the whole show. Could you keep it up for an entire show? I think it would hurt my throat too much. <laughs> I think so. Uh, while we were listening to the opening prayer, I'm staring at this candle. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what is going on with its flame. It's just like ebbing in and out, in and out. Mm-hmm. It is. It's pretty. It's also weird. <laughs> uh, this is the 80th straight week of Scared to Death. It's pretty exciting. Uh, so take a break from whatever horror is happening in your life and enjoy escaping into the horror of others' lives. That's a good one. Uh, I want to talk about maybe my favorite tea ever in the store at badmagicmerch.com. Okay, that's a big statement because you like them all. I know. I really need to order some new ones. because uh, Every week, I tell you. Into the night shirt and zip-up hoodie. And, I do love uh, a hoodie. I have to remember to to get one of these myself. I've been forgetting for so long. It's, it's some kind of hell beast. Uh, riding on a skeleton horse mm. with little like winged skull bats behind him, but but me describing it verbally doesn't do it justice. So I hope you <laughs> check it out. Even if you never buy our merch, I mean, just for the art, mm-hmm. it is super cool to see. Yay! Looks like it should be a poster for like an upcoming movie. Okay, well maybe it is. It's not. You don't know. <laughs> you don't. You don't know if someone's going to see that and then be like, okay, and then just you know rip it off and make a movie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> If you missed it last week, the uh, March Ma- Bad Magic Productions charity is the USC Showa Foundation. Guessing we gave around 12500 Again, recording this you know, a bit ahead of release. SFI.USC.edu uh, if you want to check it out. Link in the episode description. Their mission statement is to develop empathy, understanding, and respect through testimony. And just huge archive of firsthand uh, atrocity testimony to make it harder to deny or forget events like the Holocaust, Armenian Genocide, Rwandan Genocide. So keeping history alive. Hopefully we don't re- repeat it. Oh, please, let's not. And now we're, we're going to go to a, a historical city today. Okay, where are we going? Uh, Savannah, Georgia. Hmm, I've never been. Mm-hmm. How many How many stories do you have? I have two from Savannah. Uh, I have two. One from Scotland. Okay, Scotland. And one, and one from, I don't know. We've been to Scotland before. I'm pretty sure for a castle. Lemp Castle? Leap Castle? I think that's Ireland. But oh, I think oh. we have been to Scotland as well. Can't I think you're right. If- uh, okay. Okay. I, I'm excited to uh, to hunker down in Savannah today. I'm getting more traditional. Okay. Two haunted house tales from one of America's most haunted cities, if not the most haunted city in the U.S. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I'll speak to that. It's uh, pretty cool. Uh, first, the Hampton Lillibridge House. Mm-hmm. So many uncomfortable encounters there. And then the Marshall House, uh, an old, beautifully renovated, and apparently very haunted hotel. Oh, okay. Well, not staying there, right? <laughs> right. And okay, I'll share, good. Uh, I'll share some history on both and some uh, some history on Savannah in general along the way. I might stay in this hotel. It is really pretty. Hmm. Hmm. Now that I say that. Although I, I said that I would not stay in the one mm-hmm. in Salem. Is this more or less haunted than that one? Hmm. I don't know. Oh, dear. It's hard to say. About if the same. If you're smart, if we were planning a family vacation of sorts yeah. and... 
you were like, oh, I'll take care of like the hotels or whatever. Like, oh, I found this hotel. We should stay there. And don't remind me. I bet I would forget. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I could just talk about it afterwards. I'm hoping my eyes feel pretty fresh today. I'm glad because I realized I forgot my glasses. Oh, no. I have big font. So I think I'm okay. Are oh, you think it's going to be? I, it's so funny because <laughs> I can I, just bring them in, bro. You want me to bring them in? Joe can just bring uh, them in. Sure. Thank you. I think, they're, a, I think they're on my desk. Joe can have a guest appearance on the show. <laughs> uh, I know. I was looking at you and I kept thinking like something's different about him. I just got, I looked, I was looking at the letters. And I'm like, something is different here. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't I used see a them new as well. Font. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, Thank this, you. This will make it Joe. so much easier. <laughs> I was going to just fight, fight my way through it. It would have been a really fun episode of a lot of like, something happened anyway uh there's this guy he's real vague <laughs> try and pull it from memory uh do you want to settle in for our first story i do quite a bit of setup okay okay well that's good to know um now i wore these ohio state socks on the uh, bonus episode mm-hmm. but they're just like so good because you know ohio so i just thought i'd wear them twice perfect okay so that's why twice <laughs> they're uh go what is it oh <laughs> uh, okay so numerous publications Travel sites and blogs and tourism websites refer to Savannah, Georgia as America's most haunted city, a city alive with the echoes of its restless dead. Savannah today, a historic scenic city of around 150,000 built on the banks of the Savannah River just upstream from where it empties into the Atlantic Ocean, a little over 100 miles down the U.S. southeastern coast from Charleston, South Carolina, and about 140 miles up the coast from Jacksonville, Florida. And in 2002, Savannah received the designation as the most haunted city in America from the American Institute of Parapsychology. Huh. I did not know that. New Orleans might disagree with that designation. But if Savannah is not the most haunted city in America, it's damn close. It's certainly in competition for the top spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the days before COVID, Savannah, Georgia was a city bustling with ghost tours, over 800,000 tourists a year going on one of over 20 different ghost tours. Wow. There is still uh, a variety of these things in operation. There's still the Old Town Trolley, Ghosts and Gravestone Tour, a hearse ghost tour where you get to ride around in a modified hearse. Absolutely not. That was actually used for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Haunted Savannah Pub Crawl, the Savannah History and Haunts, Candlelit Walking Ghost Tour. I bet that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, like dressed in character and stuff, like, like period pieces. Oh, okay, cool. The Ghost City Dead of Night Walking Night Tour and on and on and on. Sure. And on all these tours, ghost hunters get a little history lesson. For an American city, Savannah's history does run pretty deep. Uh, Savannah's recorded history begins back in 1733, and that's the year General James Oglethorpe and the 120 passengers of the good ship Anne Mm -hmm. landed on a bluff high along the Savannah River. I remember this. Yeah? You remember Mm -hmm. hearing about the good ship Anne? I do. Uh, Oglethorpe had named the 13th and final American colony Georgia after England's King George II, and Savannah became its first city. Uh, Savannah is actually America's first planned city. Huh. Oglethorpe laid the city out in a series of grids that allowed for wide open streets intertwined with shady public squares and parks that serve as town meeting places and centers of business. And he did a great job. I've been there. Uh, It definitely stood out in my mind uh, amongst the many, many American cities I've been to, literally almost all of them. It's a very beautiful city. Uh, Savannah had 24 original squares, 22 squares still in existence today. Wow. And they are all rumored to be haunted. Okay. Uh, The squares of Savannah have seen a lot of tragedy over the years. Hundreds of French, American, and British soldiers killed on Savannah soil during the Revolutionary War and the 1779 Siege of Savannah. And then Savannah would go on to be a key site in two additional American wars, the War of 1812 and the Civil War. 
In addition to war, Savannah's also seen more than its fair share of fires, epidemics, and hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Two devastating fires, one in 1796, one in 1820, each left half of Savannah in ashes. Numerous residents either burned alive or died from smoke inhalation. Oh. So many homes, businesses destroyed, lives ruined. 1820, an especially bad year for Savannah, saw an outbreak of yellow fever that killed 10% of the city's population. Creepily, for those who read good or bad omens into numbers, 666 Savannah residents died. Uh, 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 uh. Then in 1854, another Savannah yellow fever epidemic claimed an additional 1,040 lives. Uh, And then there is Savannah's shameful role in uh, the American South's history of plantation slavery. Mm-hmm. It was a big city in that for over 40 years from 1755 to 1798, the port of Savannah was a major player in the transatlantic slave trade that brought tens of thousands of men, women, and children over to the U.S. from Africa and the Caribbean, mm-hmm. uh, while the majority, you know, millions, while the majority of African slaves were brought into the American South through Charleston, a significant amount traveled through Savannah as well. How many died shortly after arriving? How many families torn apart forever? How many were hanged, lynched, beaten to death? We'll never know for sure. One can only imagine the pain and suffering. You know, many must have uh, have endured there. Savannah's seen a lot of death, a lot of devastation over the years. And that has left, according to many in the paranormal community, a lot of the city haunted. Like Wright Square. Wright Square was once known as the Hanging Square. And its hanging history started with the sad story of an Irish slave, a white indentured servant named Alice Riley. And her tale, of course, is a sad one. In 1734, Riley and her husband, Richard White, both served their master, William Wise, a harsh, prominent member of the community. And then Wise was found dead in his house on March 1st, 1734. He was found laying on his bed, a neckerchief tied tight, too tight around his neck his face resting lifeless in a large bucket of water. He'd been strangled and drowned. And Riley and White were both nowhere to be found. They'd fled. They were reported missing from Wise's farm, suspected of killing the cruel man who had allegedly been raping Riley repeatedly since she'd shown up two months earlier. Oh, boy. Riley and White were soon found. They'd wanted to make it to Charleston, but there wasn't yet a road connecting the two cities. There was nowhere for them to flee outside of thousands of miles surrounding, uh, of surrounding unsettled wilderness. They were charged and convicted of murder. And then White became the first person hanged in Savannah, hanged in Wright Square. Riley was discovered to be pregnant, possibly with Wise's child. The magistrate decided to wait until the birth of the child before also hanging Alice Riley. Oh, God. How terrible to watch your stomach grow, feel the life growing inside of you, knowing the joy of meeting your child would be almost immediately followed by your eternal departure from this earth. Shortly after the baby's birth in January of 1735, Riley was hanged at the gallows at Wright Square, and then her baby boy, James, without his mother around to nurse him, died two weeks later. Oh, no. Riley and her baby both buried near the square on York Street, and legend has it, Riley professed to be very, or to professed to be innocent regarding killing Wise until her very last moments, if true, what an especially nasty hand fate dealt her, to travel across the Atlantic to America to start a new life, then watch your husband hanged a few months later for killing the man who'd been raping you, then be hanged yourself after having your baby taken from you, hanged for a murder you didn't even commit. In nearly three centuries since her execution, there have been many, many reports of a woman dressed in clothing from her era, stopping nighttime visitors to the square, pleading for their help in finding her baby. Riley's sad apparition has reportedly appeared to more people than any other ghost in the city of Savannah. Another ghostly hotspot, ghostly hotspot, 
is 432 Abercorn Street on Calhoun Square, the only square in Savannah with all of its original buildings still around. Cool. The home at 432 uh, Abercorn Street was built in 1868 for General Benjamin J. Wilson. Once one of the grandest homes in the city, the property now sits empty and dilapidated in the middle of the historic district, and dark tales surround it. Stories of neglected children that died in the home, mysterious murders, disappearing people. The area of Calhoun Square was also at one time a slave burial ground, and the ghosts of former slaves have been reported as being witnessed by many walking the area at night, appearing in windows of 432 Abercorn, walking through walls, etc., And then there's the site of the haunted home I want to focus on for our first of two Savannah haunted house tales today. One of so many haunted homes in Savannah, we will likely return someday to this southern jewel of a city. Uh, Right now, we head to the Hampton Lillibridge House. Time now for the tale behind part of the tale of midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Located deep in the historical district, a short walk from Oglethorpe Square on East St. Julian Street... The Hampton Lillibridge House has seen a lot of suffering and death over the years. Like many a home in Savannah, there's a history of pain behind its beautiful facade. From the outside, it's a distinctive and elegant house. Two and a half stories, with a mansard roof, wide shiplap sidings, built from 1796 to 1799 by its namesake, Hampton Lillibridge, originally from Rhode Island, the design matching his New England origins. His widow sold the house shortly after Hampton Lillibridge died just two years later in 1801 from yellow fever. Its new owner converted the home into a boarding house, and that is where its haunted history is thought to begin. A troubled sailor ashore for a short break committed suicide by hanging himself in one of the guest rooms. This suicide and a series of tragedies that followed, generally listed in accounts as mysterious deaths, marred the reputation of the boarding house and marked the property as a place of ill repute. The boarding house eventually closed for business and for many years sat vacant, at least empty of living souls. Shadows were seen floating to and from behind the windows, moonlit faces spotted behind curtains, moans, whispers, and wails heard occasionally uh, emanating from the abandoned old home. Then in 1969, Jim Williams, the inspiration for the main character in John Barrett's New York Times bestselling blockbuster book, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, bought the house and very strange events ensued. An esteemed and very successful antique dealer and architectural restorationist, Williams took a lot of pleasure in restoring the Lillibridge house to its former splendor, one of many, many homes he would restore in Savannah. Williams' construction crews reportedly encountered the paranormal almost immediately after beginning to work on this house. Several reported often feeling chilling, tingling sensations on the backs of their necks, as if someone or something was lightly touching their skin, running its fingers across it. They heard the sounds of various pieces of furniture move around on their own. They heard laughter, disconnected voices, footsteps seemingly coming from nowhere. Tools and construction equipment were also subject to uncanny events. Building materials would inexplicably be found moved or just disappear completely. Allegedly, one worker was crushed and killed when shortly after purchasing the home, Williams had it moved from its original location of 312 East Bryan Street to its current location, 507 East St. Julian Street. This death, followed by various paranormal disturbances, caused many members of the crew to quit. Reports of activity soon spread. Eventually, a local news crew heard about the hauntings and decided to investigate. Late one evening, when the news crew, camera at the ready, arrived at the house and went inside, They were greeted by a piece of construction material flying towards them, and they immediately left. 
Despite the active poltergeist activity that certainly didn't appear to stop when the home was moved, it actually increased substantially, a few of the workers on the restoration team did remain on with Williams' project. And one worker was rewarded for his commitment to the project with an especially memorable and terrifying confrontation with an angry, aggressive spirit. This would break me. One afternoon, this laborer heard a loud and sudden noise. He then ran upstairs to the upper stories to investigate what had happened. He headed up expecting to find nothing more than something fallen on the floor. Instead, he walked into a room looking for the source of the noise and instantly felt as though he had been thrown into ice-cold water. He told his co-workers when they found him several minutes later that he'd felt like he'd lost control over his body. He said it felt like something had suddenly possessed him. And then it seems as if this possessing force tried to kill him. It started to drag him against his will towards an open chimney shaft that was being rebuilt. Oh my gosh. Panicking, he reflexively dropped to the ground, desperately crawling... Uh, clawing at the hardwood floor, trying to stop whatever this was from pulling him into that open shaft, where had he fallen into it, he would have plunged down three full stories, and the fall would have at best seriously injured him, at worst killed him. Probably the most likely outcome was his death. When he didn't return downstairs for several minutes and didn't respond to co-workers below shouting his name, two men he was working with ran upstairs to see what had happened to him. They found him literally by following the sound of his terrified whimpers. They found him lying face down on the wooden floor, scraping at the bare wood with his now bloody and torn fingernails. He was wild-eyed, completely panicked. When they calmed him down enough so he could speak, he shouted that the house needed an exorcism. And as soon as he uttered the word exorcism, all three workers heard a loud female voice scream in anger and then echo around the room. This was far from the last encounter witnessed in this house. After hearing this scream, hearing other voices, after one worker was assaulted by an unseen force, other workers continued to endure frightening paranormal experiences. The most disturbing specter, and the one most often witnessed during the renovation and afterwards, has been described as a tall man dressed in black. Numerous members of the crew reported seeing this apparition apparition, watching them work from a third floor window. They said he wore a black suit a light-colored tie, and would stand by the window, gazing down upon them, and they did not get the sense that he approved of their renovation. Other ghosts also witnessed while John Williams owned the house. Uh, One was a middle-aged man with gray hair, wearing a silver robe, watching the workers then ducking around corners, disappearing when spotted. On several occasions, the people who lived next door complained of noises like a party happening, hearing singing, dancing, Uh, and they heard these when Williams was traveling out of town. No one was home. Uh, Some neighbors even saw people dancing one night on the third floor late one night. And when they complained, they were reassured that no one was home. John, again, out of town. The place was vacant, or at least was supposed to be vacant. Uh, Williams never reported any electrical issues with the home, yet lights were seen flickering on and off seemingly at random. Also, a woman who lived locally confessed privately to Williams that she, when passing by the house, often felt an angry male presence, not a man, but a presence coming from inside the house. Williams was not a big believer in the supernatural, rejected the continual claims that something was spiritually wrong with his house, one of the homes he was renovating, uh, and, and continued with his plan of moving in. He did, however, later reveal an interesting detail that could help explain the intensity of so much paranormal activity occurring in the home after they'd moved it from one spot to another. His renovations supposedly had unearthed a mysterious crypt beneath the new house's location. What? 
During the restoration, a crew had to dig up the old foundation of the previous home that rested on that property to set the newly transported home upon, and and in their excavation, they allegedly unearthed a crypt of some kind. Below the level of the basement foundations, it most likely dated from a pre-colonial period, meaning it belonged to one of the tribes living in the area before settlers arrived. The walls of the crypt built with rough lime and crushed oyster shells. After its discovery, it seems this crypt may have simply just been buried underneath the house again, filled with dirt and sealed off. The crypt doesn't show up in home records, perhaps because Williams wanted to keep it quiet. Reporting it could have slowed his home project and perhaps canceled it. It would have certainly cost him a great deal of money. Maybe that's why he hid it, and did reburying it disturb some of the spirits whose bodies had been buried there? Once the property was fully renovated, Williams moved in. The workers' many stories did not stop him from making, again, you know, Hampton Little Bridge House his home. And soon after he moved in, the skeptic became a believer. In the middle of the night, the grating sound of footsteps began to wake him night after night. They weren't soft footsteps. He described the noise as sounding like glass was being crushed underneath someone's boots. It sounded angry. Williams also began to witness a shadowy figure who would start to approach him in the hallway, then suddenly disappear. Get the fuck out. Later, he encountered another apparition, and he wrote that he chased this shadowy figure down the hallway where it ran into a bedroom. The door slammed in his face, and he then heard the door lock and couldn't open it. Stop it. Who would shut it? The tall shadow man? Is that who he'd also heard angrily stomping about at night? Is this who tried to drag one of his renovation workers to their deaths in that chimney shaft? Eventually, the now frightened former skeptic contacted an Episcopal bishop from a nearby church, Reverend Albert Rhett Stewart. And on December 7th, 1963, the bishop himself conducted a lengthy cleansing of the restored Hampton Lillibridge House, a sort of exorcism of the house. Mm -hmm. He conducted a ceremonial blessing of the home, demanded that evil spirits leave and rest in peace. And his exorcism succeeded for about half a week. (laughs) And then the disturbances resumed. Over the next couple of months, Jim called the local police department reporting disturbances in his home so many times, hearing footsteps, voices, worried about possible intruders, that the police finally told him if he kept calling 911 uh, for no reason, they would have to start fining him. Finally, on one of the many, many trips officers took out to this home, one of them witnessed the paranormal along with Williams. Oh, man. An officer responding to one of Jim's many calls also heard the sound of angry footsteps upstairs. He raced up to confront the source of the sound. He watched a closet door slam shut, and then when he went to open it, he found it locked. He pulled, twisted on the handle, was unable to force it open, and then when he started to walk away, he heard the door unlock and spun around to watch it slowly open on its own. Oh my god. He returned towards the closet, gun drawn, and could find no explanation for what he had just heard and witnessed. But he said he felt something. He felt a menacing presence. This was the last straw for owner Jim Williams, who now moved out. He got the fuck out. Good job. Uh, went to go live in one of uh, the other renovation projects as fast as he could. Several paranormal investigation teams would inspect the house over the following years, and they would claim they encountered a demonic presence inside, and they found numerous spirits inside the building. In 1971, Jim moved to what was known for years as the Mercer House, site of the tragedy that would go uh, on to lead to that bestseller, Midnight in the Garden of Evil, or Garden of Good and Evil. And then 10 years later, the man who would end up restoring more than 50 different historic homes in Savannah over the years uh, was arrested on May 2nd, 1981, charged with murder, the murder of 21-year-old Danny Hansford at his Mercer House home, a man with whom he'd been having a sexual relationship, and Williams would claim he shot Danny in self-defense. 
And then on May of 1989, or in May, after four trials, a record in the state of Georgia, Williams was finally acquitted of the murder charge by a jury in Augusta. And then on January 14th, 1990, after eight months of being a free man, Williams collapsed and died at his home of pneumonia at the age of 59. And he died in his study, found lying in the exact spot where he'd shot Danny Hansford. Strange death for a man who'd lived around reports of so many strange spirits. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, and I've never seen that movie or read that book, but I've always wanted either. to. I know what it is, and I yeah. know the premise, but... It's not necessarily, from what I understand, a paranormal book or movie. I don't think so. It's, you know, it's about the trial, about the murder, about yeah. this guy, but but there are, are paranormal elements because yeah. this guy, I think, because this guy in life, you know, was around so many strange things sure. happening, and just because Savannah is supposedly so haunted. I can't believe that Savannah is the most haunted city in America. If you would have said Salem, I would have been like, yeah, okay. If mm-hmm. you would have said New Orleans, for sure. Savannah was never on my radar for that. Yeah, and me either. I knew it was the setting for that book, and I had that associated with ghosts for some reason in my mind, but you no, know, I was I was surprised to... And I was surprised to dig in and see so many ghost tours and see those numbers, like 800,000 yeah. annual ghost hunters, you know, because yeah. it's not a huge city. Well, listen, babe, when we live in New Orleans, yeah. in my fantasy world, uh-huh. we can go over there for like a long weekend. It's very pretty. Well, I'm, I am going to call my favorite aunt in the whole planet because she took a tour in mm. Savannah, like, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And she's like staunch. So I sincerely doubt if I asked like, oh, did you go on a ghost tour? She'd be like... I wa- she would she would a laugh at me and then yeah. b say, "Honey, I go to church every Sunday. Are you insane?" <laughs> I, I want to say, and I'm pulling this out of my ass a little bit here, but I but I want to say that it has the biggest St. Patrick's Day parade in the U.S. If or, or like maybe next to Boston, but one of the biggest. It's supposedly a huge St. Patty's Day celebration in Savannah. Well, the reason I'm having such a strong... 99% sure. Well, I'm having a very strong reaction to that because in Cleveland, there was a humongous St. Patrick's Day parade. And I mean, it was so intense that like kids would cut school for it, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, schools just closed on St. Patrick's Day. They were just sick of no one coming to school. And I don't know if that was all schools or if it was just like I went to school with a bunch of people that, you know, like our school decided to do that. But I mean, you would start drinking at 6 a.m., green beer, green eggs and ham. I mean, it was like a thing like, what are you doing for St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, yeah. Where I've... I've never lived anywhere else where that's been such a big deal. Yeah, I think it's I, th- I think it's huge in well, Savannah. That'd uh, be weird. So I have some pictures here. This first one is just, just a cool early evening pic of downtown Savannah, the skyline. Oh, that's not what I was expecting. It's kind of it's a little bit of like a doctor, like made, made to look a little bit like a painting, but, oh, that, sure, but that is sure. the skyline. And then this a next steamboat. Yeah, yeah. And this next one is the. It's like a min, It's kind of like a mini New Orleans. But I know. It, but I was it doesn't like, have. Are you like, sure that's Savannah? It doesn't have the French influence necessarily. I mean, there's differences, yeah. but sure, uh, sure. Um, this next one's right square. The Hanging Square. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty. All, I know. It has all these pretty squares all throughout. I know. And it's so hard. I feel... The like, history's dark. Well, yeah. Of I, I feel like it, it doesn't feel comfortable to say, like, oh, yeah. how pretty. Because I think, like, oh, God, terrible well, thing. Well, place can be tragic and beautiful at the I same know, time. I know. Uh, not, not the park's fault. Maybe that stuff happened. <laughs> um, this next one is the Hampton Lillibridge House. Every time you said Hampton, I was thinking about how Kyler performed in the Lionel Hampton Jazz Festival. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's taking me a second. That house looks... Clearly, it's been modernized. Mm, yeah, yeah, but I think, but the oh, frame is the same. Yeah. yeah, the frame is it. But yeah, but they've they've restored it very well. Mm-hmm. They've kept it up very well. And then this next picture, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is Photoshop, but it, it shows up. This is some. If you look at that, it looks like a little face. Oh yeah, up there in the middle of the window. Oh, it looks like a clown face. It feels very doctored. It might be. Yeah, it might be. I'm, I'm going to go with doctored. Just. For my own peace of mind. <laughs> and then this uh, next picture is a picture of that 432 Abercorn, one of the other supposedly haunted homes I mentioned. And this house just looks fucking creepy. 
creepy, but also fucking awesome. I know. If you restored it. I know. Also beautiful. Is it? I'm trying to get my perspective right, but that's the end of the house. There's like a uh, sidewalk on the on my yeah, far left. Yeah, and those little steps. For a second, through. I thought it was just like a cut off picture. I love those balconies. Mm-hmm, me too. Whenever me too. I look at New Orleans homes, you know, in my yeah. spare time, when I'm just like trying to kill time. Yeah. Uh, I always gravitate towards the houses with the balconies. I just mm-hmm. think they're so beautiful. They are. Yeah. 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 Um, very interesting. Very interesting. And what's interesting about these, I will just say, too, I really struggled to pick between so many different houses that have, you know, a, a fair amount written about their backstories. Actually, what brought me to Savannah was another tale. I can't even remember what that house is right now. And then once I got started digging around more and more, I, I ended up liking two other stories for this week, just more than that initial one, which I also liked. There's just a lot of haunted lore there. Yeah. And one, I think actually what sent you down to the south is on the bonus episode, I had a story in Ohio Right? We were talking about uh, where it's a, you remember the girl in the tunnel? Yes, the boots, yes, yes. And then it related to a lynching. And then I think, mm, then we yes. started talking about like, oh my gosh, you know, that, I don't want to, like, we don't need to dive into it here because we already talked about it. But yeah. just like, oh yeah, like, if you believe that most spirits come from a, a tragic event, yeah. like, how had we not yet explored? Right, hangings and yeah. you know i mean and that was what this other story was kind of based in that, yeah. I, that i didn't end up picking but might do later yeah 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 well um okay well i will say this if i i want to go back to the woman who haunts the square i can't remember her name alice I alice because mm-hmm. i didn't write it down um if that was now and i was being raped repeatedly oh and then God. you were hung and then i had a baby and then i was hung yeah. i'd fucking haunt the shit out of that square yeah yeah the, the, motiv- sure. the motivation is there yeah uh, I, I just it's so, hers so was sad. so sad though just I like know. like just you know yeah alice riley just seen looking for her baby it's like i oh, know that's like that's and that's one of those things that comes up a lot of times with hauntings where it's like uh, like it seems like you're you're seeing a some 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 part of someone stuck in a cycle. Like, it just keeps repeating like an echo oh, over and over oh. and over. I was thinking there's a lot of like um, search, mm, you know, like something's it, not completed. Mm-hmm, like people looking for something. You, yeah. Usually, I feel like they're looking for someone, whether right. it be the, their abuser or their killer, right. or you know, the, in this instance, a baby. Those are the scariest hauntings when um, someone's looking for their abuser and their abuser is long dead. But then they attack people who, like, seem to look like their abuser. That's come up numerous times yeah. in haunting stories. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, yeah. when you were talking about the, like, um, feeling on the back of the neck, I happen to have mm-hmm. my hair in a ponytail today. And then, like, my – our headphones, right, have these, yeah. like, cords back here. It keeps, like, brushing the back of my neck. I'm like, oh, uh. Millie, stop touching my neck. I get it. Uh, you ready to move on to another haunted Savannah structure? I sure am. This time it's a hotel. Uh, hotel. I never pronounced that right. Whatever. How do you, what what ho- did you say? I, I put the emphasis on ho. Hotel. Hotel? Instead of hotel. I didn't... Wait, What? how do I I've say been, it? I've been mocked for that in the past. Hotel. Hmm. I think you said similar to me a little bit. Hotel. Hotel. I've, I've been teased for saying hotel. Like you, you do the same thing with TV. TV. Yeah. And it's supposed to be TV. <laughs> TV? T- I think I say TV. Do you want to watch some TV? Uh, do you want to watch some TV? Yeah, I hit, I hit I the first part harder, I guess. I don't think I have great hearing. Well, actually, we know I don't have great was, hearing, but like, I don't hear a difference in those two. I don't uh, hear a different, um, what's that joke? Em- emphasis on the syllable. Oh, yeah. What's that from? I don't know what that's from, <laughs> but, but I know I was raised by a man who says jalapeno instead of jalapeno. <laughs> so I feel like I've come a long ways. I thought you were going to say like Gal- Galapagos Islands. Or I didn't know where that was going. Your dad says what? Jalapeno. He does not. I think I think he knows he's joking now, but I, I don't think he always did. Bless. <laughs> Bless his sweetheart. 
Um, before we move on to more scares, time for a quick in-between story sponsor break. Thanks for listening, Creeps and Peepers. If you hear something that appeals to you, please use our discount codes to save some money. Let our sponsors know you listen. And now we explore the Marshall House. Okay. A little bit of historic background before we move on to spooks, since I already kind of set up Savannah. Mm -hmm. During the railroad boom of the 1840s and 1850s, Savannah doubled in size and population. Outside of that yellow fever outbreak of 1854, the city was thriving in the days leading up to the Civil War. There have been a few decades since the last devastating fire. Seeing a real need for accommodations and housing, local businesswoman Mary Marshall developed several properties in Savannah, most notably the iconic Marshall House Hotel, finished in 1851. And Mary and her estate would lease and collect rent from the Marshall House all the way until 1914. Wow. The hotel's colorful history now spans 170 years and includes roles as a hospital during the yellow fever epidemic that hit just a few years after it opened and use as a union hospital during the final months of the Civil War little over a decade after, uh, yeah, that outbreak of, you know, yellow fever. For economic and structural reasons, the Marshall House would finally close in 1957, mostly. The second, third, and fourth floors were abandoned, but the ground floor was maintained for various shopkeepers and stores until 1998. And then in 1999, the Marshall House once again became a Savannah fixture after a massive restoration. The large, once grand, now derelict hotel had been purchased by some Atlanta investors for only 555000 Oh, boy. And then they spent an additional $10.5 million on renovations. No way. It, it looks beautiful now. Uh, great wow. efforts were taken to ensure the hallmarks of the historic hell were preserved or recreated, including the Philadelphia pressed brick on the facade, the Savannah gray brick throughout, original staircases, original wood floors, fireplaces, brick walls, the doors to each guest room, several claw foot tubs dating back to at least 1880. Wow. The veranda and gas lights were reproduced in the likeness of the original features. The courtyard atrium was encased with a glass ceiling to give a sense of the area's previous use as a courtyard. Uh, artifacts found during the restoration encased now in display cabinets on the second and third floors. The hotel known for its gorgeous architecture, stunning wrought iron, romantic atmosphere, and elegant rooms that overlook popular Broughton Street was back. And so were its ghosts, who may never have left. Time now for the tale of the children on the fourth floor. While the hotel was being renovated, workers discovered various artifacts, most of them harmless, such as old tools, albums, signs, Starland dairy milk bottles, and much more. Many of those items currently on display in the hotel. One of their rumored discoveries definitely not on display. After finding it, renovation work came to a halt so the area could be marked as a crime scene. Workers discovered human skeletal remains beneath some floorboards. The bones were sent to a crime lab, and when the lab results came back, the paperwork stated that the bones were from the Civil War era. Wow. So what had happened in one of the hotel's rooms? Did some murderer hide their victim? How did no one ever sniff out the rotting body? What room were these bones found in? The information doesn't seem to have ever been released. Uh, guests and employees have encountered faucets turning off and on now for no apparent reason in numerous rooms. Uh, they've also reported random flickering lights throughout the old hotel. If you listen closely during the night or um, on any of the hotel's floors, you might hear the laughter of children or the sound of marbles randomly rolling down the hall, children playing games. And if you're especially brave, you can stay in one of the three rooms that are allegedly the most haunted. Rooms 214, 314, and 414. Odd that it's the same room but on different floors. Room 313 and one of the and, and the rooms, excuse me, directly above and below. 
Before the hotel reopened in August of 1999, staff reported strange odors and something that they could only describe as bad vibes coming from these rooms. After having spent a night in room 314, uh, excuse me, uh, sorry, I'm making sure that I, I want to make sure that I have, oh yeah, yeah, I said, um, yeah, room 314 and the rooms directly above and below. I want to get my numbers right. You got that right. That's what you've okay. been saying. Okay, good. After having to spend a night in room 314, a doctor and his wife mentioned an encounter with something paranormal at checkout one morning. The doctor had been awakened several times by a gentle tickling sensation on his feet in the middle of the night. Mm-mm. In a sleepy state, he was convinced that the comforter or the sheets were somehow responsible for the sensation of something lightly brushing his feet. But then the final time it occurred, he looked down to distinctly see a little girl standing there tickling his feet. She smiled and then vanished. Oh, my God. Other guests staying in this room have reported feeling the chilling sensation of awakening to feeling a hand being pressed against their foreheads, like someone was taking their temperature, the ghost of an old doctor working on the wounded or, you know, some sick Civil War soldier, perhaps, or the ghost of a long-dead nurse checking on a patient suffering from, perhaps dying from, yellow fever. One 1314 visitor reported that every morning around 3 a.m., it sounded like a ball rolling above our heads, down the hall, and down the steps. Then the sound would go back up the steps, and we'd hear the rolling again. It woke us up every night we were there. Room 414 is supposedly the room where the majority of most encounters take place. In the room, in the room where most of the intense encounters take place, the odor of rotting flesh been reported often coming from this room. Uh, does it have anything to do with those discovered bones? One rumor about those bones is that it wasn't one skeleton found, but the arm and leg bones of many different bodies. Ugh. Civil War amputations, perhaps? Why would somebody bury that in the floorboards, though? Uh, back during the Civil War, when someone had a limb amputated, it was a much more unpleasant experience than it would be today. Anesthesia was not readily available. Soldiers were generally just given a swig of alcohol, and then somebody held them down while a doctor literally sawed off the injured body part and then stuffed it with sawdust, uh, the stump, to soak up the blood. Oh, my God. And, of course, not everyone lived through these crude and insanely painful surgeries. According to some accounts, the fourth floor of the hotel was the preferred area for these amputations since it was the furthest from street level and mm. people passing by below would not hear the agonized screams of tortured patients as well. Did most of the surgeries take place in room 414? One room 414 visitor spent four nights and brought a voice recorder. They said that one night after waking up to the sounds of someone screaming, they pressed record, and when they played the tape back a bit later, it did pick up some of the screams, and it also picked up a voice they could make out saying, hold him down. Another 414 visitor spent just one night, and that night was plenty enough for them to uh, also experience something intense and hard to explain. Uh, they later wrote on a horror blog that we heard so much noise in the hallway that neither one of us slept. After over a minute of constant banging and knocking in the hall, I got up and opened the door. I heard the sound of a child laughing, poked my head out into the hall to catch a glimpse of what seemed to be a child darting around the corner. Went back in my room, shut the door. The banging started up again. It sounded like several people running out in the halls. Thinking it was actual children of guests uh, running about, I jumped back out of bed, opened the door again, saw two kids running down the hall, they were being so loud, I expected to see other guests also coming out of their rooms to tell them to quiet down. I watched one child run around the corner, and then the other stopped and turned her head to look at me. I can't think of how to describe it, but there was something wrong with her face. My blood went cold when she darted off and out of sight. Uh, she was wearing an old white nightgown based on its style and her hair. It just didn't seem like she was from this time. 
I shut my door again, hurried back to bed, lay next to my wife who was awake and spooked like I was. Uh, not as spooked as she'd be after I just told her what I'd seen, though. Then we heard more running around, laughing, playing. It must have went on for an hour or more between 3 and 4 in the morning. We thought about calling downstairs, but didn't want whatever was outside to hear our voices and decide to help themselves into our room. The next morning when we checked out, I asked the front desk clerk if the hotel had any complaints about the noise uh, in the you know fourth floor hall in the wee morning hours, and she said there was no complaints at all. We definitely heard the sounds of ghosts that night. I definitely saw two. At least one saw me. Maybe they were harmless. Maybe just the ghosts of children who once stayed there who perhaps died there of yellow fever. Now they just wanted to play. But when I think of the way that girl looked at me, I still get the chills. I was certainly glad to check out the next morning. Maybe they were harmless again, but something inside me says they were not. People who die of quote-unquote natural causes in a hotel don't usually get reported to the media. I wonder how many people have passed away on the fourth floor of the Marshall House, how many have died specifically in room 414. It's not like the hotel is going to advertise that. Again, to be clear, the ghost didn't harm us, but I think I had good reason to be too scared to check the door again or to call the front desk that night. That just made my mind explode. That is such a valid point. People probably die in hotels so much more often than we would ever know. Oh, for sure. Fuck. Oh, and I I need to get like a travel crystal set going. <laughs> Do you think that they'll let me burn sage in the hotel room? Not like, if you ask them. They're, they're well, not going to say gonna ask. But like I was just thinking about, I mean, I usually bring little candles on the road. So like it would be the same, right? Because in my mind, unfortunately, so. I'm flashing to Yellowstone, which I'm obsessively watching. And one of the characters has an accident and her grandfather's burning sage in the hospital room and sets off right. a fire alarm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I could do does. it, though. I need, I need travel crystals ASAP. I can't, stay, <laughs> I can't stay in another hotel without them. Oh, boy. Th- that is fucked up. I never thought of that. Yeah, the people who die, the people die everywhere. Uh, I know. But I just... Uh, this mm-hmm. is not good for me. Also, I wrote down those room numbers so that we can never stay in those rooms. <laughs> like, I have a big note. Don't stay there. Marshall House. Perfect. 214, 314, 414. So we can stay, it just looked, not in those rooms. It looks nice. I have a picture. I, I bet let, it's gorgeous. Let me have a, show you some pictures of this Marshall House. This first one is a recent pick. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you spend $10.5 million in... Yeah, the inside looks really nice. This this next one next one is old photo, just from like the 1800s. Uh-huh. So they did a good, good job with the restoration. Yeah, they really did. Um, and then here's a picture of room 414. I mean, it does, you know, it looks pretty nice. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's solid. Okay. It's not what I was expecting for the design. Okay. And then this last one is a picture of, I think, that kid from the fourth floor. She looks nice. She looks friendly. That's the that's the hotel ambassador. Oh, she's sweet. That's the Marshall House. Uh, she, works the, she works the front desk. I think you could have done a better job with your creepy photo. I know. Well, I've used so many of them. <laughs> Uh, That's that's a still from an old sci-fi series called Paranormal Witness. One time I want it to be like a picture of one of our kids, but you've like blacked out their eyes or... Yeah, we got to start creating our own Photoshop nightmares. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she was creepy, but I think you could have done better. Ah, Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. I mean, and also I knew that was coming. I know. I know. You didn't really like work to set that up. But do you remember not that long ago, I told a story on my side that there was a couple and they stayed at a hotel... And one of the girls got up in the night because she heard something in the hallway and like opened the hotel room door. Maybe they were on a vacation somewhere and they like 
Oh, God, was it Australia or something? That was driving me crazy. Wait, one that you told or me? Yeah, that I told. And the, the it was a couple. They were there. And she opens the door. And she, like, because she had heard the pitter-patter of kids yeah, up yeah, and down, yeah. looks out, doesn't see anything, closes the door, gets back in bed. And then I think gets up and checks it again. And then her wife or girlfriend is like, I told that story to you. You did? Yes. I thought that, I told that story. No, you did not. That, that's in Australia. And, oh, it, yeah. it, and it, has, it has to do with those caves down there. I can't remember the... the um, Shinola something? Janola Caves? Yeah, like Genovan or something like that. Genovan, mm. the Genovan caves. But yes, there are these caves, I think, in like New South Wales. But wasn't Who, that a family? About? I feel like I have a story. Yeah. I think I had a similar. Well, there was a family. Was No, that was two women, the, oh. the, one lady and her partner. Yeah. Or wife. Uh, I can't remember if they were dating, married, whatever. And then, Dang it, the, and there, was was a, there was another one where there was a family in a different hotel. Okay. Well, you know, I misremember things all the time. Well, actually, you know what? I'm now you're confusing me. There, there, I'm gonna look it up afterwards. There I was can find it. no, actually, I think it was no. It was two dudes. It was a dude and his husband or boyfriend or whatever. Again, I don't remember if they were married or not, but it was two. It was a male couple. I had a female in, couple. I thought, and the female couple. There was a female couple with a hotel uh, randomly. That was in France or somewhere. That was somewhere in Europe. Yes. Oh, maybe. But they were both hotels. But nonetheless, now I'm just completely tripped out about yeah. hotels. Oof. And it just occurred to me, of course, be, and I don't know why we haven't talked about this, we need to find a haunted Airbnb story. Oh, yeah. Because of, if people die in houses all the time, of course there could be a haunted Airbnb. Yeah. And I don't mean like, oh, like, let's Google haunted houses I can stay in. Just uh, Well, I'm sure haunted hu- houses or whatever, like, or hu- houses that are supposedly haunted have right. then been rented out as right, Airbnbs. Right, yeah, I'm not suggesting yeah. that. I'm saying like, you know, all of a sudden we are airbnb our house and somebody else stays there and they're like... Oh my God, is this house haunted? Mm-hmm. That would be a really interesting story, I hmm. think. Okay, hint, hint. Look, look for it. No. Check it out. Um, okay. Okay. All right. Well, who's your squishy wishy this week? Mm-hmm. Go with, I, I go to tried and true Layla. What is going to happen when Layla doesn't smell oh, no. anymore? Oh, <gasps> She's almost out of smells. There's, a, there's another Layla behind you. I'll, I'll hold this one for right now. <laughs> well, I'm curious if that one smells better. Up oh, there you go. So many Laylas. Nope. Nope. They're oh, both, no. They're, they're wearing out. They're finally running low. Okay. I can't remember because it's been so long who sent those Laylas, but... I'll have to find uh, them online. There's got to be some little gingerbread well, squishy. I, I feel like they have to come from the fans because they've oh. all come from the fans, so... I just, I just need to sprinkle gingerbread scent on this. I need to spray gingerbread scent on this. I could probably get you some gingerbread, um, like, crystal that you could put inside mm-hmm. of it with, like, some gingerbread... Mm-hmm. Essential oils. I just need to stuff it with gingerbread cookies. Hollow <laughs> okay. it out. I, lo- I love that you won't take anything from me. No right. crystals, no oils. I've seen what I've seen. What's happened to you? What's happened to me? You're a um, what do they call that? When someone's like a warning, like a like a <laughs> ca- your cautionary tale. <laughs> I don't know. You seem to really like my salt lamp nightlight. You've been turning it on a lot it's lately. Cute. Yeah. Oh yeah. It because it clears the energy. It feels really good. I just like the light it puts out. What? I just like the light it gives off. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. You're attracted to the light. You're getting into it slowly but surely. <laughs> do you want to go to Scotland with me? I do. I've, oh, man, I want to get another place I want to go to. All these places. I know. I just keep thinking, like, maybe when we don't have kids and we only have to pay for two people to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> and not, not when we don't have them, but when they're in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, this story is like a few various encounters. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me how much I fucking hate spiders. Oh. Oof, oof, oof. It's got like a, 
you are going to feel the creepy crawlies. Okay. Are you ready for yeah, it? I it's am. so good. Okay. Uh, so this is from our friend April. She says, hello, hello, hello. Master Suck Cummins McButt Tickle. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I know, weird, but it's a time suck thing. And Crystal Queen Lindsay Sockborn of the Blanket Folk. That's a good one. That's good. Yeah, those are good ones. Okay. This is a long overdue email, and I always imagined it would be too time suck and not scared to death, but I am now obsessed with Bull. Yes. Thank you. I've been listening to Time Suck since it came out. I'm a longtime space lizard lurker. Thank you. I have some spooky tales about my old house from when I was young that I think will fit nicely within the podcast. I come from Glasgow, Scotland. You cool. know, I love this. This this writer, she's funny. She <sighs> says, uh, the country desperately trying to escape England's grip since the dawn of time. Anyways. Yeah, yeah so true. So true. She's good. Sen- centuries and centuries of struggle there. She has some funny little like things in here. Now, much like yourself, Dan, I don't really believe in ghosts, but I do enjoy scaring myself and engaging in media all about them. I don't consider myself religious, but I also have a love of some of the ideology involved in paganism and witchcraft. And Mm. more recently, thanks to Lindsay Crystal. Oh, no, it's spreading. Yes, yes, yes. It's it's more prevalent than you realize, my friend. Uh, I'm sure it is. Now let's get into it. My story takes place in my first home when I was about three or four years old. I really loved that house. And from my view, as a happy, fat baby, there wasn't (laughs) anything wrong with it. Because at that age, everything was awesome. But when I grew up a bit and began to gain some perspective, when I look back, I have a whole, whoa, that is fucked up kind of perspective. It wasn't an, an, it wasn't an exceptionally old building, and I can't find anything online about it to determine whether some great tragedy took place there that could explain the unexplainable. But for some reason, a lot of weird, paranormal things took place in this home. Some of these accounts are also from my mom, dad, and half-sisters who were all older than me. At first, it was the windows. The house had these huge, big windows that you had to push up to open. They were really heavy since it was literally the weight of wood and glass. My sisters, who were both eight and ten at this time, would wake up shivering with the curtains billowing in the night wind around 3 a.m. every damn night, even though they had gone to sleep with the windows closed and locked. My mom was worried that they would do something stupid, like fall out the window Or, more specifically, she was concerned the windows themselves would fall down and guillotine whomever was looking out of them since they were so very heavy. She would always lose her shit whenever she would go up to their room during the day and find the windows open. I remember them having an argument that went like this. I don't know how many times I need to tell you to keep those windows closed, especially when there's no one in the house, my mom would say. It wasn't us, I swear, either of them would retort. We can't even lift those windows. They're too heavy. And then I saw the realization wash over my mom's face and she went pale. Collecting her rationality and assuming they were both messing with her, she made them demonstrate Both my sisters tried to open the windows in front of my mom and I, since I went wherever she went, and like they said, they couldn't budge them. My mom just thought they were messing around and pretending that they couldn't open them. Because who else, or what else, was opening them? Then there were the dolls. Things seemed to move all of the time in this house. Stuff would go missing for weeks, and then reappear somewhere completely different, or in the same spot you swore you left it in the first place, but couldn't find it. One Christmas, my sisters both got dolls as presents, and I don't even know why this was a thing, but I think it's hilarious. They were dolls of Princess Diana and Prince Charles, (laughs) of all the people. How I feel about the royal family is a different matter, but it still felt random as hell to me. 
Anyways, my sisters both liked their dolls and took them everywhere with them. It happened to be snowing that day about a week after Christmas, so they went out with their royal dolls and played in the snow in our garden. It was snowing really heavily. My eldest sister threw Prince Charles up into the air along with the silent falling snow high enough that he disappeared. And then he didn't come back down. We just assumed that he fell somewhere in the snow that we couldn't see him and that once it had melted, we would find him once again. But we never did. Once the snow cleared, we searched high and low for Prince Charles, but he was nowhere to be seen. Weird, right? What's even weirder is she ended up finding him, but not how you'd think. We went on holiday to Spain later that year to a villa that we had rented. And what was floating in the pool? Prince motherfucking Charles. What the fuck? The other thing about this place that sticks out in my memory is the inordinate amount of spiders that we used to get in the house. I know everyone has spiders every now and then, but these were everywhere. We used to count how many we had in our rooms that day and made it into some weird game at the dinner table. They were also huge and weirdly durable. I remember my dad once whacked one with full force of a rolled up newspaper and it got up and ran off like it was nothing. (laughs) I've always been a weird bug girl. You should check out ologies. You would like that. I enjoyed collecting snails in my spare time, so I didn't really mind the spiders, and neither did my dad. But something happened with them that put him off spiders forever. I can't remember the specifics of why he was up in our attic, but I think it was something to do with our faulty electronics. Our lights would flicker constantly, and a fuse box was up there. In Britain, our houses are laughably tiny if you come from a lower class background, and our place wasn't any different. The attic was no more than a crawl space in the roof with no windows to let any light in, so my dad had to fumble for the light switch in the pitch black once he got up there. He felt the wall was like crumbling or moving under his hand as he felt his way around for the switch, but he thought nothing of it of the time. And then, boom, the lights flipped on and the walls were not visible because of the hordes of spiders that literally Uh, covered the walls. uh. The walls felt like they were moving because they were moving. My dad being a stoic man, said that he glanced around and then immediately went, nope, and never went back up there again. Instead, he got an electrician to check it out, which I guess he should have done in the first place, but whatever, dads will be dads. He warned the man about the spiders before he went up, but when he came back down, he said he hadn't seen a single spider. All these little weird things were just part of our daily life, but the creepiest one happened to me alone. No one except me and my mom were home during the day because my sisters were at school and my dad was at work. I'd had a full day of getting mock it. That's a little Scottish word for you there. It means filthy. I was drinking (laughs) juice boxes and doing other general toddler shit. I was in my room playing with my toys and I noticed one was missing. So I did what any kid would do and yelled for my mom. I wanted to ask her if she'd seen it. I still remember the hairs on the back of my tiny neck standing up when a voice that sounded like my mom's but definitely wasn't hers replied, yes. Uh. I paused. It was coming from her in my dad's room, which was weird because I hadn't heard her coming up the stairs into her bedroom. But it sounded like she was right there and had been standing there for as long as I'd been playing. Also, the cadence of her voice was just off. I don't really know how to describe it coherently, but the closest thing I can compare it to are those videos of cats yowling in a way that it sounds like words. It just doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel human. It sounded like something had just learned how to talk for the first time, as if it had learned the sounds but knew nothing of the meaning behind it. I called to her again. Mom? 
the same voice that sounded like my mom but wasn't responding yet. This time, it dragged out the words longer and slower, and again, it just sounded like something making weird human noises. Yes? I remember this so vividly. I think it was the first time I ever experienced that primal sense of true fear. But it was my mom's voice. It couldn't be dangerous, right? I mean, it just couldn't be. So I stood up and walked where it was coming from, my parents' bedroom, which was across the hall from mine at the landing at the top of the stairs. And that's when I saw it. Peeking out from behind the gap in the door that was open a couple inches at most, I saw this pale, white, disembodied face floating about halfway up the door with no body attached to it. I can describe it as a geisha's face because that's the closest thing I could compare it to. It was entirely snow white with no features and jet black eyes with no definitive pupils, but somehow I knew it was staring at me. It was also strangely androgynous. I don't remember it typically looking either male or female. In the split second I stopped, its jaw opened and hung slack, but it made no noise. The inside of its mouth was as black as its eyes. I don't know how to process this other than thinking whatever this thing was had eaten my mum. I felt tears in my eyes and started crying hysterically. I sprinted for the stairs. Every fiber of my being was telling me to run. True fight or flight, and this was most definitely flight. I remember never feeling panic so raw, and in my haste, I suppose I could have probably tripped, but I swear I felt a solid palm on my back as I reached the top of the stairs. Something pushed me. I went tumbling down the stairs, which were thankfully carpeted. However, I hit the banister face first at the bottom of them and burst my nose. My mum, who had been hanging up washing outside this whole time, came speeding in when she heard me shrieking from inside. I told her everything once I'd calmed down and had had my injuries seen to, but she told me it could only be my imagination. While it's true kids have crazy imaginations, I just can't figure out why I'd make up some albino demon imitating my mother's voice and so vividly that I cried hysterically and then hurt myself. To this day, my mom denies ever experiencing anything paranormal in that house. And when I relay the story to her, she claims to have never remembered it, saying, you're just making it up, away you go. I think maybe she's just trying to convince herself. We don't live there anymore, fortunately. We moved not long after as my parents had separated. The house is still there today and has a new family in it now. Lastly, I didn't know about this specific piece of information until I spoke to my sister recently, but apparently when we had moved all of our stuff out of the house, my dad went back by himself to give it one last look. It was completely empty and he said out loud to himself, there's evil in this house. Uh. And without skipping a beat, a voice identical to his own growled, get out. Love, April. Thanks, April. Oh, my gosh. Yeek. Can you imagine if you're like a kind of a skeptical person, too? And you're just like, ah, and then you bring yourself to say like, ah, there's just something wrong with this place. Uh And then distinctly hear a voice just get out. Ah. That's probably exactly what it would sound like, too. The spider thing, yeah, was very creepy. Oh, God. Just like the undulating wall of spider. So many spiders. (gasps) Oh, God. I I hate creepy crawlies so much. Probably more than the average person. What if I tied you down to the floor? Stop it. And dump the bucket of spiders on you. Stop it. Stop it. We'd get a fucking divorce. That's what would happen. You that mad? Yep. Come on. Just jo- what if I was just joking around? It's not funny. What if, what if. Okay. 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 What if I posted the video of it and it went viral and got you some new followers? I don't care. <laughs> what? That's like saying to you, what if I tied you down in your sleep and yeah. you woke up and there was just like a doll, a clown doll, just a room full of them, clown dolls and balloons. I think you can take it further. Like have like somebody dressed as a clown, like torture me. 
Well, I've I didn't want to go that far. I guess oh. I'm just not as evil as you are. <laughs> uh, I, I kept cracking up with the Prince Charles doll kind of description because Prince Charles, Prince Charles, even when he was younger, was not like Prince Charming. He was, ne- <laughs> right. he was never like a super like his kids because of Princess Diana. Oh, she's so beautiful. Right. Because she was so pretty. Like, or much, she balanced it out. Yeah. Much more handsome than yeah. he ever was. I, w- I think most people would say. So just just the, the thought of like a little girl. But he girl. wasn't ugly. He was more striking. No. He just wasn't like traditionally handsome, I would say. I thought he just looked like a nerd the whole time. But you look like a fucking nerd the whole time. How, how dare you? <laughs> well, also, no one has a doll of me. That's what you think. I, I don't know that anyone's have a doll you, of me. That's what that's what you think. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know what creepy people I, are out there making dolls of you. I just think it's so funny to imagine a little girl playing with her Prince Charles doll. I know. I know. I had to April will know this, but <laughs> she had some remarks that I felt like I shouldn't repeat on this show. Oh, it funny. Was pretty funny. About, about Prince Charles and Princess Diana and uh-huh. the royal family. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you use your imagination, but I it bet was, if she's like very much like Scottish independence, I'm I'm sure she had some yeah, things. Yeah, I was to like, say. okay, I'll stay out of it. Yeah. But I was cracking up. She's funny. Mm-hmm. Her albino geisha ghost. Mm-hmm. But great description. Yeah. I mean, I could totally picture what she was saying. Yeah. And what a weird thing for like a little kid. Because that's so, um, it just felt so typical. You know, your kid is in the room playing. They can't find something because they just right. don't see it immediately where they're looking. They scream for you. And like your response is like, yeah, like, what do you want? You know? <laughs> and then they have that weird. Yeah, that was it. I liked the, uh, I also liked the, um. The description of like that when a cat, I, I've seen those oh, videos yowls? when a cat is like they're reading into what a cat is saying, like the cat's right. saying like mommy or you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it that painted good. a good picture. Okay. So our second story, I actually don't really know where it takes place. The, the, the location doesn't matter and was not given, but we are going into a whole new world of spoops. We have, okay. We have not ever covered the possibility of this thing. I don't want to tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is afterwards if you aren't smart enough to pick it up on your own. Jesus Christ, okay. <laughs> Just Well, it's obvious to me, but then I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I like how you're trying to like sell that as if that's still a normal thing to say, like a not insulting thing to say. Like, we'll see how it goes. If you're too fucking stupid... To understand what a person of normal intelligence would obviously clearly get right away, then I'll explain to you like a child. I just think that like you're more skeptical. And so you push back and you're sort of like, I don't know. And then I think being skeptical, you won't make you don't necessarily jump to the conclusions that I jump to. Uh, Okay, that's a very different way to say that. Well, I I like to rile you up a little bit. It's entertaining (laughs) for everyone. (laughs) Are you ready? Yes. All right. Hello, Lindsay and Dan. Are you done? I just keep thinking about it. Just how funny that would be. Just, just, just to preface like stories like that. Hey, I got a good story for you. I mean, it's not going to be great for everyone. Some people, <laughs> if you don't enjoy it, it's uh, it's probably, it's probably just because you. you're really fucking stupid and you just don't get the main points that are obvious <laughs> to everyone else. I love it when you say something really funny <laughs> that catches one of the guys off guard out there, and then I can hear them just the tiniest little giggle. It kills me. <laughs> <sighs> All right, are you ready to focus? Yes. Okay. Hello, Lindsay and Dan. First off, let me say I was introduced to your podcast by one of my best guy friends, Ricky. After listening to your first couple of episodes, I told him you guys made me miss sharing an office with him because you reminded me of our conversations. I've been listening to you as I work from home and today, uh, as I work from home and today, had to share with you after your episode about shadow people. I've spotted shadow people and experienced other paranormal activities throughout my life. My mom recently told me it creeped her out when I was little because there were often people that I liked to talk to a lot. Mm -hmm. Anyway, back to the shadow people. I bought my condo a little over a year ago after getting out of the military. 
I hadn't noticed anything paranormal in my condo until this year. Occasionally, while sitting with my dogs, I sometimes would see what looked like another dog about the same size as my Shiba Mix Sansa walk past. Additionally, I would also sometimes notice a cat out of the corner of my eye. For a while, whenever I would turn to look at what I thought I was seeing, it would be gone. There were times that I would see them out of the corner of my eye and ignore it, but when I would notice the dogs looking in that direction, but but still, when I would turn to look, it would be gone. In the past few months, it has mostly been the cat, and it has been a full-on shadow cat. The last time I spotted it was in my kitchen, jumping off my counter and then disappearing. This past June, my six-year-old nephew, Alex, came to stay with me for the summer. One evening, while I was making dinner and Alex was watching TV, he all of a sudden got up and ran down the hall towards my spare bedroom. He came back up the hall and into the kitchen and said, where did he go? Thinking he was asking about my dog, Riddick, who had followed him, I said, he's right there. Alex said, no, your cat. I just saw him. I wanted to pet him, but he ran in the room and now I can't find him. My dogs seem to notice them, but will usually not bark, Just, but usually will just look in that per- particular direction. No crying, barking, nothing. So I suppose they don't mind the shadow cat. Your friend, a creepy peeper, Brittany. Wow, Brittany. You like, like sh- uh, shadow cat and then doppelganger of pets, perhaps there too. Per- perhaps. The like- people seeing that they're, they're pets, but then, you know, the pets weren't supposed to be there or sounds like, or like it's not in the right spot. Like, how weird is that? I never thought of shadow, shadow animals, animals or doppelganger animals. And is that, okay, like, of course, is where my brain goes. Mm-hmm. Is it really that? Or can spirits manifest themselves as other things to, like, get you, like, mm-hmm. like this little kid to, like, chase after oh, yeah. the the shadow cat and then then what fucking happens yeah. and it morphs into something else and it gets you i was just thinking, i mean that is an interesting thought i was thinking too like like why do humans have to be the only species that would have you know ghosts if, if ghosts exist oh man i hope there's not shadow snakes <laughs> and then that made me think about how like like when you're out in the woods at night and you're hearing all these weird sounds <gasps> how many of the sounds are that you're hearing are the sounds of animals that are there and how many are like the equivalent of footsteps in the attic holy crap Right? Right, a whole new world of spoops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shadow spiders. Sh- shadow oh, spiders. Oh, good lord. There could just be so oh, many man. creepy shadow, shadow animals. Shadow spiders. That's shadow it. birds. That could be rough. They're just flying around. Shadow mm-hmm. bats. Mm-hmm. Oh. What if there could be like a stampede <laughs> of shadow elephants? Yeah. They could get you. Is there? Is, think about the species that no matter how terrifying they tried to be, like their ghosts would just not be scary. Like a shadow chipmunk? Like a, Yeah, like a shadow koala bear. <laughs> like if he's like... Rah! Like, trying to be scared, it's like God, get out of here, you. You, you get cute little thing. Nah, you. come here. Come here, get over here and snuggle. Nah, I'm trying know. to scare you. Are koala bears friendly? Mm, I think so. Okay. I don't know if they are. I now. don't know. They're cute. They are cute. Um, sorry, I just like had a flashback when you were talking in your last story about mm-hmm. amputations, mm-hmm. and then you said, you know, and it's like they would give them like a shot of whiskey, and then literally saw their arm off mm-hmm. for a minute straight. I just heard like whiskey laudanum saw. Oh, my old sand a bit whiskey laudanum saw. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote it down in all caps in there. And then I just flashed on it right now. So I needed to word vomit that so yeah, I could move past that, it. Just, just to move beyond it. Yeah. I, I'm caught up on the thought of um, cute animals as ghosts now. Like like a like a little tiny bunny just trying to – he wants to scare you so bad, but he's just so cute. What about Penny and Gigi? Yeah, Penny and Gigi would be shitty, scary ghosts. Oh, they'd be so cute. They're just like – they're little fluffy prancing in the attic. Do, just do, like, do, come do, on, do. just trying to scare people in the attic. And like – then you go up there and you're like, oh my god. A ghost and they're adorable. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just think 
be weird if we were like in bed snuggling our dogs because mm-hmm. that's where they're with us. And then what was that? It's a car drove, drove by. No, there was a shadow. Oh, that, that was a demon. That earlier was a car. Then the second thing was a demon. No, there was a shadow that just crossed frame. Did you not see that? I'm not kidding. I did not. That was fucking weird. Maybe it was my arm. Look at that. Nope, I don't That's think so. It was. It, was like, it was like across the whole thing. Like Maybe the screen went like partially black for a second. It was not you. I can't do shadow. What the fuck was that? Oh, Joe, did you see that? Am I crazy? I don't know. I'll, I, I didn't see it in real time. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boys. Um, that was the shadow doodle. Stop it. Okay. I really saw something. Okay. What is going on? You probably have too many crystals. You probably there's probably like a limit where you, if you like m- have too many crystals, then it starts to encourage things to you. No, there. Because are... I have no crystals over here, and I'm fine. That's you are not fine. First of all, and second of all, <laughs> there are a variety of crystals, and some crystals can higher your vibration and help you connect with your deeper self. I was. I told me a joke. <laughs> that was separate. Sorry. Yeah, come on. You get me in trouble. I'm trying to pay attention to Lindsay's stuff that I'm very interested in. All right. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. But could there be like shadow uh, bears? I mean, now I'm just thinking about like. I guess so. Ani- yeah, it could be opened up to anything. Because animals, in real life, animals mm-hmm. can attack you. Yeah. And if shadow people can make contact with you, why can't mm-hmm. they? The shadow animals. All kinds of shadow stuff. So fucking weird. I just, it just creeped me out so much. Oh, that's what I was going to say. What if we were in bed snuggling the dogs? Having a great night, about to go to sleep, whatever. Yeah. And the next thing we know, here like a knock knock at our door. One of the kids comes in and is like, "Hey, uh, like Penny or Ginger wants to come in." Oh yeah, that'd be freaky. I'd be like, "What the fuck?" That would that would kill me. <laughs> but it wouldn't be as scary. Like like okay, for, bullshit, but, bullshit. It still okay. would be scary because that then that means it's real. If okay, two scenarios. Okay, one scenario is uh, you know Monroe comes down, knocks on the door when Penny yeah. and Ginger are in the bed with us. It's like, hey, can um, Penny come inside? And then we see like a little dog, like a figure of an animal come into the room. So that's scary. Okay, that's scenario one. Scenario two, Monroe comes down. Hey, can Penny and Ginger come inside? We're like, yeah, sure, but they're already in here. And then and then we look back, and then she's gone. Or, oh. or, or, or she shuts the door, and then we go, and then we like, wait a minute, there's no dog, and then we go up, and she's sound asleep in a room. It's like doppelganger Monroe and her doppel dog. If you had to pick one or the other, I think the person's scarier than the dog. I don't care about dog ghosts. Hmm. I don't care about animal ghosts. Okay. I mean, yes, I think the the human doppelganger ghost right. apparition is scarier because it feels more like it could cause you harm. But yeah, if a if a dog spirit is real, then it's all real. So I, I don't know. It just I was getting cocky in my head for a second there. I was, <laughs> I was, I was like, well, if I saw like a shadow dog, or I'm like, I'm like, fuck you, dog, and just go back to what I was doing. But sure then, you but, would. But then I picture myself in the basement and a little shadow beast ran in there, and I think I'd be less than calm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Okay. It's all scary. Okay. Good. I'm glad we agree. I can give you some crystals to help. Okay. Do you want to do your your half, or do you want me to start with my half? You start. Ooh, switching it up. Okay. Well, I would like to give a very big thank you, Annabelle. Shout out to Megan Brayshaw, Matt Palmer, Devin Thelen, Melissa, no last name, Erica Page, Kaylee McAvoy, Colson Barnhart, Kira Jacqueline Janowski, Kelsey Simmons, Mallory High, Stephen, no last name, Page H. Rachel Bentley, Allison Sanders, and Taylor Walker. It's pronounced Janowski. How do you know that? I don't. I just wanted to say that. It's J-A-N-O-S. It's not. There's no W. That would it, be Janowski. But Janow. it's pronounced that way. Do you don't know that? I think it's Janowski. 
I'm just being ridiculous. I have um, shout outs for uh, the Annabelles. I want to thank Audrey Delker, uh, Erica, no, not Erica, sorry, Eric Duplissa. You don't even know names. I, I saw the A at the end of Duplissa uh-huh. and I put it after Eric. Eric Duplissa. It, it's pronounced Eric. Please, please be, okay, that's fair. Uh, Mel Miller, Kyle Defoe, Stephanie Slade, Ricky Masello, Nikki Bivens, Abby, no, no last name given, uh, Carla Flores, Mary Dunn, Chris Sumner, Nicholas Anzavino, Cody and Alicia, no last name given, Sophia Castillo, and this is a handle of some kind. This is um, Anachronis Mind. That's a great one. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, like Anachronis Mind. I'm not sure how you'd pronounce that. But uh, thank all of you for supporting our show. Appreciate awesome, it. Awesome sauce. And then I just have a few quick spooby shout outs to Nate from Abby. Happy birthday. To Max from Anna, happy fifth anniversary. To Kelsey from Ashley, love you, sister. Mm-hmm. And to Danielle from Claire, also a big love you. And just quick reminder, Annabelle, check your emails for that viewing party. Well, yes. actually, uh, when this episode comes out, we'll have already had the March one, I believe. Ooh. But if you missed that one, uh, well, just check them. Just check them, check them for the uh, yeah. TLA viewing parties that we're trying to do now. Okay. Uh, thanks for the ratings and reviews. Also, creeps and peepers. Yeah, uh, thanks, friends. Yeah, they definitely help us find new listeners, and that, and that's all for today. Uh, fun to do a uh, return to more just a traditional haunted house shadow people type episode. It was good. I liked it. And thanks for continuing to send in your personal tales of terror to my story at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. You can email us for everything else at info at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. Thanks to Logan Keith for the social media posts and for running badmagicmerch.com. Thanks to producer Sophie Evans for help with story curation. Joe Paisley for producing and directing today. Zach Cohen for custom soundbed creation. Thanks to Heather Rylander for organizing the My Story emails. Subscribe to Bad Magic Productions if you would like to watch the show. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Scared to Death Podcast if you'd like to see pictures that accompany the show and more. And we have a private Facebook group, Creeps and Peepers, moderated by Liz Hernandez. Thank you, Liz, if you want to find more horror lovers. And if you don't want to hear more ads, if you want monthly bonus episodes to help with monthly charity contributions and more, check out our Patreon and enjoy your nightmares. Most importantly, Creeps and Peepers. Bye. Hope you were scared to death. If spirits threaten me in this place, fight water by water and fire by fire. Banish their souls into nothingness and remove their powers until the last trace. Let these evil beings flee through time and space. Evil may pass through, but has no home here within scared to death.